All right, y'all. Uh, welcome, welcome to RUF. Um, we are um, going to enter into a time where we just open up the Bible uh, and consider what God's Word has to say to us. But at RUF, we believe you're never so bad that you're beyond the reach of God's grace, and at the same time, you're never so good that you're beyond the need of God's grace. Uh, and, and that means that there is this fundamental tendency in the human heart uh, to try to, to think of ourselves in relationship to God based on our goodness. Uh, if we're doing well, we think that God must love us. Or if we're doing poorly, we, we think that God can never love us. Uh, and the gospel is the good news that based on what Jesus has done and what he has done alone, we are reconciled to God. Um, and out of that flows a changed life. It's not that you have to work to get God's affection. You are given God's affection in Jesus, and you live a changed life out of that. Uh, and this semester in RUF, we're going through a series called Good News for Relationships. So we're looking at kind of the theme of relationships throughout the whole Bible. And we've been saying every week that the good news of Jesus, it enables us to relate to God, others, and ourselves from a place of health. So it enables us to relate to God, others, and self from a place of health. So thus far in this semester, uh, we have considered... Uh, that we were made for relationships. We considered the creation story in the Bible. Last week, we looked at the story of the entrance of sin into the world and talked about why relationships are so hard. And tonight, we're going to talk about friendship. We're going to talk about friendship. And we'll be looking at, uh, as you can see on the screen behind me, there's just, uh, I believe, six various proverbs um, and just considering this topic. So I'm not actually going to read them on the front end. I'll just read them as we go. Uh, but as we do, we're going to see two things. We're going to see a picture of friendship and the power for friendship. So a picture of friendship and the power for friendship. So let me pause and pray, and we can get started. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for this evening, uh, for this opportunity to be together and to consider uh, what it is that your word says about friendship. Uh, I know each of us coming in here has a different story of friendship. Uh, some of us might feel like we have a lot of friends. Other of us uh, might feel very, very lonely. And there are many of us in between. And so, Lord, I pray that you would meet us where we are and that by your spirit you would take us where we need to go. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so a picture of friendship. So when we look at these verses together, uh, we get a picture of what a true friend looks like. A picture of a true friend. And uh, putting all of these together... They kind of give us at least four qualities of a true friend. There's more here, but I'm just kind of trying to boil it down to four qualities of a true friend. Uh, so starting off, we're going to look at Proverbs 1717 17 to 1824. 1717 uh, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And then 1824, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So the first quality of a true friend that we see here is that a true friend is loyal. A true friend is loyal. Uh, in, in the first proverb there, we see that a friend uh, is marked by a constant love. It says a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Uh, some of you may have experienced kind of tragic things in your life. And you know, in those moments, the, the people that we tend to go to are our family, right? It says a brother is born for adversity. But here, the proverb is making the point that there is a constancy in friendship that there isn't in family in a lot of ways. That you live kind of your mundane, everyday life with friends. That they're also there for you in crisis, but they're there for you in the everyday. A friend is loyal. 
And then the, the next proverb says that a, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is such a thing as a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, there is a way in which friends can be more loyal to you than your siblings. I don't know if any of you have experiences with siblings, but you just know that those relationships can ebb and flow throughout lifetime. Uh, you can have seasons where you feel really distant from your family. And through that, friends can be loyal in a way that family oftentimes cannot. Uh, some of you might have read uh, the Lord of the Rings series. Uh, there's this scene in the first one, The Fellowship of the Ring, where Frodo, who's the main character, he has to leave the Shire, which is where he's from. He feels alone, and he's trying not to bring his friends in on his journey because he knows that it's going to be dangerous. Uh, but finally, one of his friends comes to him uh, and has kind of figured out that Frodo has to leave. And he's telling him, listen, we're going to go with you. And this is what his friend named Mary says. He says, you can trust us to stick to you through thick and thin to the bitter end. And you can trust us to keep any secret of yours closer than you keep it yourself. But you cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone and go off without a word. We are your friends. We are horribly afraid, but we are coming with you or we're following you like hounds. This is what it means to be a loyal friend. A friend who is always going to follow, a friend who, who you can trust with anything, but you cannot trust them to leave you alone. A friend who sticks closer than a brother. So a true friend is loyal. Second, a true friend is gentle. Uh, we see this in 2520 down there at the bottom of the screen. It says, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda. Uh, what does it mean to sing songs to a heavy heart? Uh, think of it like this way. I don't know if you've ever uh, had an experience where you just had an extremely rough day and you have a friend who, you know, you just tell them in, in, a, very, in a moment of vulnerability, like, this has been a really hard day, um, not doing well. And that friend just kind of tries to immediately cheer you up or, like, make you laugh. Like, they're not reading the room properly. That's what it means to sing songs to a heavy heart. Uh, it is a friend who refuses to weep with you when you're weeping and refuses to rejoice with you when you're rejoicing. And what does this proverb say that's like? It says it's like one who takes off a garment on a cold day. It's like ripping off a jacket on a day where it's like negative five out. It says it's like vinegar and soda. Uh, vinegar and soda have this reaction that destroys the essential properties of both. That a friend who, who cannot be gentle with you in your moments of weakness destroys both you and him. Uh, some of you might have seen, there was this video that went out several years ago. Uh, it's from a, a woman named Brene Brown. She has this great video talking about the difference between sympathy and empathy. Um, and she kind of paints this word picture where there's someone who's in the bottom of a pit. Uh, and the person uh, you know, who's depicting sympathy essentially comes by, looks at you in the bottom of the pit and says, in essence, sucks for you, bro. Like, that's a really bad spot. Sorry, nothing I can really do about it. And they just go on their way. Uh, but empathy, what empathy is, is someone who sits down in the hole with you. They climb down in there with you, and they sit with you. And they acknowledge this is hard. And then when appropriate, they say to you, I know the way out. I know the way out. This is what it means to be a gentle friend. So a friend is loyal, a friend is gentle. And then third, a friend is prophetic. And let me scroll to the next slide here. Friend is prophetic. So uh, we see this in 27, 5, and 6. It says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And then 27, 17, Iron sharpens iron, 
and one man sharpens another. Uh, So a friend is prophetic. What does it mean to be prophetic? Uh, It means to reveal. It means to tell someone what is true, even if it's going to make them uncomfortable. That's what a friend does. A friend reveals who you are to yourself. And often this is going to mean wounding. It's what it says here. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But on the flip side, someone who isn't your friend, they're going to be sucking up to you often. And this is hard. Uh, this is hard. I, I feel this in, my, in myself. When I have a friend who is doing something that I don't like, or they're doing something that I know is not good for them, like the tendency for me is to keep the peace. The tendency is to keep the peace. It's not to say anything. It's just to kind of let them do their own thing. I, I think we kind of have this instinctive understanding that to be a friend to someone, it just means to affirm them. That's what it means to be a friend, is you just affirm people no matter what they're doing. Like, you're, you're just, your entire life as a friend is just to go, you know, follow behind people and say, like, I love that for you. Everything you're doing is great. Keep doing it. But the picture we see here is a friend is one who wounds. A friend takes risks. A friend will say something to you that they know is going to be hard for you to hear. So a friend is prophetic. Uh, I have a buddy who really majors on this. Uh, we've been friends, I guess, for six or seven years now, but we both we went to grad school together. Um, and grad school for me was a time where I felt constantly overwhelmed. Um, I was trying to balance working, and I was a newlywed at the time, and doing school full time, and really wanting to do well in school. And I was just lamenting this to my friend Trey, and uh, I was I was fuming. I was just saying, like, all of the expectations are ridiculous. Like, I'm supposed to do school. I'm supposed to, like, be present at home. I'm supposed to be able to do work. And I I was just so frustrated. I'm like, it it feels impossible. And Trey, a a friend who'd known me for a couple years, said to me, you know, Thomas, you seem to find that story everywhere you look. You seem to find that everywhere. Uh, And what he was saying is that there is a tendency in me to go to this place of anger and despair when I feel overwhelmed. He was holding up a mirror. And let me tell you, I, like, I did not like hearing that from him. But several years later, I still remember it. Why? Because what he said was right. He was helping me to see myself. He was helping me to see that, that I had this tendency to shut down in despair, to feel sorry for myself, instead of actually trying to engage with what I'm doing and ask for help where appropriate. Instead, I would just go to despair. And I knew that because Trey was a prophetic friend. He told me what was true. So a friend is prophetic. Fourth and finally, a friend is vulnerable. Uh, We see this in 2813. It says, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. And I think this is crucial and, and honestly really holds all of these other qualities together, is a friend is someone who shows you who they actually are and invites you to do the same. Uh, To be a friend, you have to be honest. A friend doesn't conceal things. A friend confesses. And I think this is hard for us because we value transparency or or authenticity, but we struggle with vulnerability. You might use those words interchangeably sometimes, right? Like authenticity, vulnerability, transparency, vulnerability. But I think they're actually different things. Uh, Here's what I mean. 
Uh, in our world, it is easy for you to share maybe like a post on social media that you struggle with your mental health. That's a relatively easy thing to do. What is hard to do is to reach out to a friend when you're in the midst of like a particularly difficult season and you just need someone to come sit with you. That's hard to do because that's vulnerable. Um, it's easy to share something like in general. It's easy to say, you know, I struggle with body image. That's being transparent. But it's hard to tell a friend that you hate the way you look right now. That's vulnerability. It's easy to share that you have issues with someone, you know, just to say to a friend, you know, we've had our issues in the past. That's transparency. But it's hard to share that thing that you said right now hurt me. That thing that you said five minutes ago in front of that other friend embarrassed me. And we have a problem right now. That's vulnerability. I have a friend uh, who really embodies this super well, and I've just learned a ton from him about being a vulnerable friend. We've been friends for about 10 years. His name's Harrison. And five years into our friendship, um, he just kind of pulled me aside and told me something. He said, Thomas, um, I just need you to know this. I get really nervous around you. And like, I, I just, I want you to like me so much that it's just hard for me to like actually talk to you because you remind me of my older brother. And I felt like everything I ever did was never good enough for my older brother. I wanted to be accepted by him so much. And he's like, I've just had a really hard time with our relationship because of that. And then he said, he took it even a step further and he said, and right now I'm feeling extremely scared of what you're going to say to me in response to this. Like that was so vulnerable and it was so uncomfortable in the moment for him to say that to me. I, my immediate response was like, dude, I'm embarrassed for you. I mean, sharing this, right? But really it, it sticks out to me and it actually didn't make me want to move away from him it made me want to move closer. And in fact, it changed the way that I do friendship, that I'm able to actually talk about what's going on, to talk about the way that I'm coming across to people or talking about things that I'm afraid of with a friend. Okay, so a friend is loyal, a friend is gentle, a friend is prophetic, and a friend is vulnerable. These are all great qualities. And it would be easy to end it right here and say, okay, now go and do this. Go be this friend. But there's a problem. It's hard to be this sort of friend. This doesn't come natural to any of us. How in the world can we become this sort of person? Or how can we have friends like this? We need to know about the power for friendship. So uh, like many of you, um, I've struggled throughout the years with, with loneliness and with friends I moved around a decent amount when I was a kid, and I feel like I, I moved a lot at some pretty crucial ages. And so I never really had an opportunity to have kind of like the, the old friends that you just went to school with all the way throughout, and you were just a part of each other's lives. And so what that kind of left me with was every stage of life, anywhere that we would move, I just didn't really know, like, who are my people? Who are my friends? And so this kind of all came to a head when I was going to college, and I just realized, like, I don't actually have any true deep friendships. I don't know anyone. Uh, but in the college years and after, I've been the beneficiary of good friendship. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't just change my mind and somehow become a good friend. What happened is, if I can use, use it kind of as a verb, I got friendshiped. Like, people friended me. Not like on Facebook. Of course, none of you use Facebook anyways. But 
people friendshiped me. Uh, so, for example, I had a friend who, who asked me to go for a drive my sophomore year of college, and he told me this story that, that just shocked me, that in high school he was deeply depressed, and he had um, been involved in, like, some self-harm things. And I had never heard anyone, like, say something so vulnerable. This is, a, you know, an 18-year-old guy saying this to a 19-year-old guy, and I just never experienced anything like that. I had another friend who, uh, in college who would constantly call me and just invite me to do things. Um, I, I don't like talking on the phone. I never have. But it was really great to just have a friend who's like, hey, we're friends. You're going to come do things with me. Another friend uh, knew that I was getting over a, a breakup, and so he invited me to play disc golf with a bunch of his friends that I didn't actually know. And like the whole time, I'm you know, kind of like crying in the club playing disc golf, and I, I was not a fun person to be around, but he still invited me to do it. And then another friend uh, told me that I was being stupid one time and that I should ask this girl named Molly out on a date. And if you don't know, my wife's name is Molly, so that worked out. He was being a really good friend. Uh, why do I tell you all this? This is not like a humble brag of me talking about all my friends. Um, the reason I'm telling you this is because you don't just become a good friend or will yourself to get good friends. You get friendship. That's what happens. You learn to be a good friend by people being a good friend to you. And our theme this semester is how the gospel enables us to have healthy relationships. And the good news of the gospel is that the gospel is a story of Jesus friendshipping us. It is a story of him moving towards us in friendship. Uh, the story of the Bible, as we saw two weeks ago, the story begins with humanity and God walking together in friendship. But then as we saw last week, uh, that friendship was broken by the tragic entry of sin into the story. So we walked away from that friendship with God. But the story of Jesus, when Jesus comes onto the scene, it shows us the links that God would go to chase us down in friendship. The whole Bible is a story of God reuniting himself in friendship with humanity. And, you know, the people who did not like Jesus throughout his entire life, the people who were constantly giving him a hard time, they had an insulting nickname for Jesus. Do you know what that nickname was? Friend of Sinners. Jesus was called a friend of sinners. And, and you've got to imagine when he was hearing this from people who were meaning to use it as an insult, Jesus probably somewhere deep down inside his person was like, you're exactly right. That's what I came here to do. His life was characterized by moving towards undeserving people in friendship. And he demonstrated this to the uttermost when he went to the cross and he laid down his life for his enemies to turn them into friends. Jesus says this in John 15, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And Jesus did lay down his life for his friends, but also his enemies, so he could turn them into friends. And when this sinks in, this is the best possible power for friendship. Because Jesus is loyal to us, we can be loyal to our friends even when it costs us. Because Jesus is gentle with us, we can afford to be gentle with others. And because Jesus is prophetic with us, we can risk wounding our friends in order to heal them. And because Jesus is vulnerable with us, giving himself on the cross, we can risk being vulnerable with others. If you are in Christ, Jesus has, he has called you his friend. I don't know if you think about it like that. I, for me, that's, it's, a, it's a weird way of thinking about my relationship with Jesus, that, that Jesus calls me friend. And so that might feel weird, but I want, what I want to suggest to you is that the more that this becomes the primary friendship in your life, 
the primary way of thinking and relating about God, the more that you will be able to be that sort of friend for other people. The more that you understand that the heart of God towards you is one of friendship and reconciliation, the more that you will be able to do that with others. Amen.